Uh, so this evening, I thought I would talk a little bit about concentration, what it is, uh, how it's important in this particular lineage, in this uh, practice, um, and what, what, how we actually do it. How do we practice concentration? How can we cultivate con- concentration in our practice and in our lives? So, to begin with, uh, I thought I'd let you know that this was an incredibly important part of the teachings of the Buddha. We put a lot of emphasis on mindfulness, as that is, you know, the uh, the key practice that um, we hear, I think, mostly about in this tradition and in just our culture right now. The word mindfulness has gotten really popular, uh, popularized in, in many different ways uh, and is taught now in a secular context. Um, so we hear a lot about mindfulness. We don't hear so much about concentration. And the truth is that when you go through the suttas um, or the teachings of the Buddha, he talked a lot about concentration. He talked a lot about um, how to create a concentrated mindfulness practice as well as how to absorb into concentrated, very concentrated states called jhanas. I'm not going to talk much about the jhanas this evening. I'll say a little bit more a little later um, because most people are unable to uh, practice the jhanas in a day-to-day life. Um, Usually that's something we practice on retreat and long retreats. Um, And so maybe not so relevant here. But what I do want to talk about and normalize is the ability to simply become concentrated in our daily practice. So the word for concentration in Pali is uh, samadhi. So maybe some of you have heard this word before, samadhi. And it is often translated to concentration, but there's other words that maybe fit it a little bit better than, than the word concentration. A lot of the times when we go from the, the Pali uh, language, or which is similar to Sanskrit, if you're more familiar with that, um, the English translations don't hold the essence of what the word actually means in its uh, cultural context. And so we lose a lot of what is really being said. And so when we say, hear the word samadhi, and we translate it to concentration, there might be a few other words to tack on there to really fully understand what it is that we're talking about. So a few words other than concentration. Undistractedness. A collected mind. A unified mind. Um... I kind of imagine these words as uh, an image that comes to mind anyway is um, a sheep herding dog, if you've ever watched one. I remember when I was a, uh, a young kid, our, my best friend had an Australian sheep herding dog, and we would go walking up in the hills, and the cattle would be out. And uh, the dog wouldn't, who had never been trained to do this, it was just instinctual, she would run out and start herding the cattle. And it was, it was amazing just um, 
how skilled she really was bringing these cows that were scattered all over the pasture. All of a sudden, they were in this semicircle, and she was, you know, keeping them in line. She used to do it to us, too, the kids. <laughs> um, but there's a real precision to that herding. And we can actually train our minds to do the same thing, to actually collect itself, to collect its attention. Um, and when we do this, we become less distracted or we, our mind becomes more focused. Uh, so this is concentration. Richard Shankman, who's a teacher, he comes uh, here every now and then and, and teaches and he has another group that meets in Berkeley. He wrote a, a wonderful book called The Experience of Samadhi. That, um, if you're interested in this topic, I would recommend picking up and, and reading. And this is what he says is the definition of samadhi. Samadhi, generally translated as concentration, is derived from the Pali prefix sam, meaning together, and the root da, meaning to put or to place. So a together and put into place. It is related to the Pali verb samatati, meaning to put together, to bring together, and to concentrate. Thus, samadhi entails the unifying of the mind in a steady, undistracted awareness. The unifying of the mind in a steady, undistracted awareness. So when we sit here, and we sit here for 40 minutes or however long, uh, our mind often doesn't just stay unified, undistracted, <laughs> concentrated, does it? Maybe for some of you it, it, it does, and this is true. Some people have a real natural ability um, to, to um, concentrate the mind. But for the majority of us, this isn't true. So I thought we could just spend a, a moment brainstorming what it is that distracts us from our concentration from our unified, collected mind. What gets in the way of that here when we're on the cushion? And you can just call them out. And we won't pass the mic for this. I'll just repeat it. Say again? Emotions. Mm -hmm. Work. Uh huh. Pain. Say the other one. Uh huh. Sleepiness. Memories. Ideas, urgency, urgency. Uh-huh. plans, plans. yeah, <laughs> hungry, <laughs> yeah, sure, fantasies, yeah, these are great, say again, stiff shoulders, yeah, all of these things. And what about in our day-to-day when we're not on the cushion but we're just in our life? You know, we live these lives, and a lot of us live lives that are pretty full, jam-packed. Um, I was listening, actually, in preparing for this talk, there was actually a concentration retreat just a few weeks ago at Spirit Rock, and so I listened to the opening talk by Sally Armstrong. She gave a great talk. It's on Dharma Seed, if you want to check it out. And she made this really um, wonderful comment that was I found to I think is really true, um, that we put a lot of value in our busyness, 
you know, when someone says, you know, how are you, how are you, what have you been up to? And you say, oh, I've been really busy, really, really busy. You know, we're a valued person because we're busy. And if you say, oh, not much of anything, kind of thinking, what's with you? (laughs) What do you mean? Right? So we have this funny thing in our culture where we, we tend to value the busyness and, and which often, um, can be a factor in our distractedness, isn't it? It's not necessarily, it could be a unified mind in our busyness and a lot of concentration there. And then uh, it could also be a very distracted kind of uh, busyness. So what is it in our daily life that distracts us from concentration? You can call them out again. Too many options. Cell phones, multitasking, social media, overstimulation, yes, yeah, associative thinking, so kind of that uh, too many choices and overstimulation, just we're following our experience, our our. Uh, senses get uh, bombarded. Stress. Restlessness. Too much caffeine. Yes. Judgments. Self-consciousness. Mm, yeah, like just not being satisfied with who we are and where we're at. <laughs> Feeling like we need to be someone or get somewhere. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, we could go on and on, huh? What was the last one? Loneliness. Yes. In the Buddhist texts, uh, there was a, there's a wonderful list that actually all of these things fit into. <laughs> uh, and these are the, the five hindrances. And I gave a talk maybe a month ago on the five hindrances. Um, these are states of of mind actually even though a lot of this is external some of it is internal um, but all of it is just our relationship with these things and so these states of mind where uh, there's unwholesome desire that is coming from greed um, ill will uh, or aversion restlessness um, and worry Sloth and torpor, you know, when we just, we just can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> We're just spent, you know, that feeling. Uh, and the last one is doubt. Doubting ourself, doubting our abilities, doubting what's true. So these are the hindrances, and the hindrances classically are what get in the way of not only uh, seeing things clearly for what they really are, but they also get in the way of our concentration. And interestingly enough, the practice of concentration is one that is offered as an anecdote sometimes to the experience of the hindrances. So it's difficult to be concentrated when we are bombarded by these hindrances and to keep them at bay, to... um, kind of suck the power out of these hindrances. They're really powerful when we are 
fully engaged in them. So to suck the power out of them, a concentrated mind uh, will actually give us relief and safety from, from the power of the hindrances. There's a quote here from the Diga Nikaya, which is one of the suttas. Free of the five hindrances, joy arises. In her who is joyful, rapture arises. In her whose mind is enraptured, the body is stilled. The body being stilled, she feels happiness. And a happy mind finds concentration. A happy mind finds concentration. So oftentimes when we talk about concentration or we are practicing concentration or we think we're practicing concentration, there can be this idea that to get concentrated, we've got to push ourselves into it. Like we've got to, it's not just this dog that's uh, skillfully hurting the cattle in our minds. It's actually more of this forcing the cattle into this really small pin where we're, we're striving and pushing ourselves to um, focus and be collected. Um, and so some of you may have experienced this. I'm wondering, actually, if you don't mind, how many of you experienced this trying really hard to be concentrated to the point where um, you're, you're striving, you're forcing it to happen? Has this happened, this experience? I'm, I'm included. Actually, I sat a retreat. Um, this was years ago. I spent a month on retreat in um, Barrie, Massachusetts at the Forest Refuge. And the purpose of my retreat there was to practice um, uh, high states of concentration, the jhanas. And I spent a lot of time in that retreat trying to force it and make it happen. And I'll tell you, I, I had headaches and muscle tension, and I ended up having the ringing, ten, what is it, tinnitus, tinnitus, in my ears. I was trying so hard because there was something in my view of, of to become concentrated, you have to really um, force it. You have to strive to make it happen. So my, my understanding of the amount of effort that was needed was, was wrong. Um, and so that was a pretty uncomfortable retreat for me. I know better now. <laughs> but um, in the hopes of maybe you never having to go through that, <laughs> I share this with you. Because um, it's actually completely unnecessary. And so in some ways, the practice of concentration can be counterintuitive. Concentration actually arises with uh, qualities like tranquility and relaxation, ease. The type of effort and energy that then balances that ease is just enough to allow our mind to be clear and not fall into um, sleepiness. And it's just enough effort to continue to hold our attention in one place or at least to keep bringing it back. It's actually very little effort that's needed for concentration. 
when we are trying too hard, when we're striving to have a concentrated mind, we lose the tranquility and the relaxation and the stillness, the inner stillness. And we end up tight. And from that comes the hindrances very easily. Hindrances like aversion and restlessness and maybe even doubt. Uh, the hindrances that can easily arrive when there isn't enough effort and there's just too much tranquility oftentimes ends up being that sloth and torpor. You know, oh, this is so nice, and the next thing we're out. <laughs> we start doing the, the nods. <laughs> and so in concentration practice, um, there's a learning that we have to go through in actually understanding that balance and getting a real feel for that balance of how much is needed in this moment of each of these qualities. And so as we're sitting here and, you know, we start at 7.30 and it's at the end of maybe our work day or our school day or or whatever we were doing today, our errands day, and, uh, you know, we're tired. (laughs) And so it might be that in order to have a concentrated mind, we need to bring in a little bit more energy into the body, a little bit more effort than you might af- in, on, a, on a relaxing weekend that you're practicing, in which case um, maybe there's not so much effort needed, but we're, we're really being able to relax and practice settling in and um, bringing in those qualities of tranquility and calm. So we, when we sit down to practice concentration, we're really first looking to see what is needed right now in order to bring about this balance. There's two different ways um, to experience concentration. Well, there's may- maybe many different ways, but I'm going to I'm going to focus on two different ways that I think will be familiar to most of you. Sometimes when we're sitting here, I'm guessing that most of you have experienced, maybe even just for a moment, but you've experienced it, and maybe it's been longer than a moment, where the mind just all of a sudden is aligned. The mind is alert. It's present. You're with whatever the object is in your awareness, whether it's the breath or the body or sound, or maybe just noticing the thoughts, but you're aware of it. And it's collected, unified. This is the unified mind. And so this type of concentration um, is really wonderful and necessary in our mindfulness practice. So without this level of concentration, we are only able to stay mindful maybe for a moment, right? And then our mind is gone again, and we bring it back, and then it's gone again, and we're, we're doing this back and forth. Um, this quality of concentration is what stabilizes our mindfulness to just stay and to be aware of all the comings and goings in our experience whatever it may be. So during this last sit, I gave instructions, and I instructed you to pay attention to the body and to pay attention to breath. But mindfulness excludes nothing. So it might be that in that place of unified awareness, you're able to pay attention to the arising of the breath as well as sound, as well as knee pain, as well as this emotion is coming up 
and related to the knee pain. And so suddenly you're able to be with everything that's going on for the most part. So this is a unified uh, mind, a unified concentration. And then there's more of this one-pointedness, this one-pointed concentration. And so I'm guessing that many of you have experienced this as well from time to time. And I'd love to, if we have time, to actually take you through an exercise to, to um, cultivate this particular uh, one-pointedness concentration where suddenly there's just this one sensation Maybe it's right on the inside of your nostril as the air is going in and out. It's just this coolness, and you're just, you're right there. Nothing else is distracting you. You're just there with that sensation of breath. This is one-pointed concentration. In this state also, uh, the mind is concentrated, but relaxed. And so still the balancing of tranquility as with this type of precision and and actually in that moment not a lot of effort needed. It's it's just happening. It reminds me kind of like a, a large magnet uh, where um, maybe you've got a table of metal shavings and you take the magnet over the metal shavings, and you don't have to bring the magnet to the shavings. They come to it. And in a way, I kind of see this as the practice of concentration and of mindfulness, but this one-pointedness where you're not having to take your concentrated mind to the object. You're really sitting back and allowing it to be experienced. So there's this sitting back and resting into the experience um, not striving, not needing to try so hard. It's coming to you. It's right there. We often use the wording of bring your awareness to the object. And, you know, just for instructional purposes, that's really helpful. But I think the experience of a concentrated, unified mind that is tranquil is one where really the experience is coming to you. It's just that that, that little... Uh, sensation, nothing else happening. And you can imagine in that moment of experiencing a unified mind or a one-pointed mind that those hindrances that we just listed, are there's just no room for them. There's no room to make the, you know, our, our shopping list or have that mental conversation with the person you're going to see tomorrow or relive the conversation that you had earlier today, or whatever it is that's happening for you. Uh, None of that becomes a distraction. When we aren't bombarded from these distractions, the experience of uh, delight, of um, joy, of happiness are present. When the hindrances are not here. Our mind is a happy mind. And so this concentration practice, sometimes we think of it as very serious, a very serious practice. There's some tightness in that. But actually, a concentrated mind, one who's experiencing a lot of concentration, is one that has a happy mind, a relaxed mind, 
a joyful mind, a, a mind that is experiencing rapture even. So this is all just food for thought as you um, explore your practice here, your idea on what a concentrated mind is and just how much you need to do to get it. (laughs) It's something that we can all do. It's not something that is actually an advanced practice. In fact, oftentimes the Buddha gave this as the first practice First concentrating the mind, and then from that concentrated mind that's free of hindrances, turning towards insight practice. Turning towards the the wisdom practice, the mindfulness practice. Allowing for that container that is the concentration to hold our mindful awareness. I went sailing, uh, I love to sail, and I went on a sailing trip a few weekends ago, maybe it was last weekend, it was last weekend, feels like a while ago, (laughs) it was last weekend, and we went down to Half Moon Bay from Alameda, and uh, as we, this was actually my first offshore sailing trip, usually I sail in the bay, which is very different very different waters. Uh, So when you're offshore, the waves are a little bit different. It's much more of a rolling wave. And we were out there, and there was quite a bit of, uh, there was definitely swell, meaning that there was um, uh, pretty pretty tall waves out there. And so when you're steering the, the boat, it's, wise (laughs) to notice where you're going, that you're not just plowing through these huge swells, that you're actually looking for the peak of the swells and then aiming towards uh, either the side or in between two of these peaks so that you can have an easier ride. And so this takes a lot of concentration. And so I found that as I was um, behind the the wheel um, that I was very focused on these waves and where I was going. And um, there wasn't a tightness with it. It was kind of fun, actually. I was really enjoying myself, and um, it was very much a concentrated mind in in everyday life. And so I would consider this more of the one-pointedness that I'm talking about, really focusing in on this, this one aspect of the experience. And then every once in a while, my husband would say, uh, dolphins, <laughs> which was exciting every time, and they were everywhere. <laughs> and so then suddenly the concentration wasn't lost, but my view got bigger. And suddenly I'm, I'm paying attention to the waves and the dolphins and uh, the beautiful coastal view, the coast side, uh, the cliffs that are there. And um, I was able to go, I found myself going back and forth between the two. So I just share this to give you a sense of that feeling of that uh, one-pointedness and then how the concentration doesn't dissipate, it just becomes larger. It's a larger container as we practice more of this unified uh, way of concentrating So I'd like to actually take you through a practice of concentration. So in the text, they refer the practice of concentration as 
uh, samatha practice. That's in the Pali. I believe it's shamatha in uh, Sanskrit. And we'll just make this brief, but hopefully it will just give you an idea of how to begin practicing this and how to become more and more familiarized with uh, bringing more concentration into your practice. So to begin, actually, we'll start in the way we began earlier this evening by bringing attention into the body. And you can do this by closing your eyes. If you're feeling really tired, keep your eyes open and just look down in front of you with your eyes open This will allow for a little bit more energy in the body. Notice any areas of the body that are tense or holding. You might do a quick body scan, noticing the face and the muscles in the face, the shoulders, the neck, the arms, letting them hang. The hands are relaxed. Noticing the chest opening that area, the stomach, allowing it to relax, the legs, and so as much as you can without forcing it, seeing if you can bring the body into more relaxation tranquility noticing the stillness in the room the relative quiet and notice if this feeling of being here relaxing Feeling and sharing in this quiet brings a sense of happiness, contentment. Noticing if there's, if there are flavors of gratitude, curiosity, maybe even amazement at here we all are doing this together in the middle of this bustling city. How lucky are we? And then not losing touch with any feelings that are arising that are of a happy, contented mind. See if you can gently bring your attention to the breath. Perhaps taking a few deep breaths. Bringing on more relaxation. And also noticing where you feel the breath the most. Choose an area that feels most comfortable, most alive as you're breathing. So it might be in the stomach or your chest or at the tip of your nose.
And then, as if you were looking through a microscope, see if you can zoom in that attention. Or better yet, imagining your attention as that large magnet. And you're now allowing the subtle sensations in this one particular area that you've chosen to come forward. So at the nose, maybe it's just that feeling of air, that subtle feeling of air going in and out. Or maybe it's the temperature of that air. If it's at the chest or the stomach, noticing the subtle sensations of movement, expansion, contraction. And as you do this, notice if there's any tightening of the muscles in the body, especially in the face. See if you can relax again, bringing your attention back to those subtle sensations that you are now paying attention to. It can be helpful for some people to use noting phrases. So if it's the rising and falling that you're noticing, you can use the word rising, falling, rising, falling, or at the nose, in, out, in, out. It simply directs the mind, gives it something to do, and to focus on what it is you are actually experiencing. Notice the pause that comes at the end of the in-breath. And then there's the out-breath, and then another pause. And then the in-breath again. And then if this is feeling good, stay with it. If you want, you can follow me along. So we'll zoom out now, noticing the whole breath as it comes in through the nose and down into the chest, which then expands and then pushes out the stomach and then the reverse action. And so now following... Uh, with ease, this breath. Feeling it moving through the body. Again, if it's helpful, you can use noting phrases, breathing in, breathing out following the full breath.
really allowing yourself to enjoy each breath. So I'd like you to, um, if you are wanting to, some of you might want to stay inside and and continue practicing. But if you'd like, um, I invite you to turn to someone next to you and just share what your experience was so you can hear each other's experience uh, doing this very short practice. This is not to um, make you... um, This is not a judging... uh, practice. (laughs) So no one's getting a gold star for being able to concentrate for that period of time. Um, So if you turn to the person next to you and you're worried because your mind was off the whole time or you just fell asleep from the moment I said close your eyes, um, don't worry about it. But do share that experience so that um, you can all, so you can start to hear each other's experience and start to normalize that these are these are the challenges with concentration practice. And then if you did experience some concentration, to share that as well. What was that like? What did it feel like? Um, this will be really helpful. So go ahead and turn to one or two people, um, and just take a a minute or two each, and I'll ring the bell to bring you back. Okay. So I'd like to hear uh, about your experiences and we'll open up for Q&A in just a moment. I also, but before we do, I just want to mention uh, that this is just one concentration technique and that there are many. Uh, some of the, the ones that you might find being taught in the tradition here uh, might be the Brahma Viharas or the, um, the heart practices. Some of you might be familiar with the Metta practice. This is a Brahma Vihara, um, which is really a recitation of phrases over and over again that are related to <coughs> opening the qualities of the heart. Uh, wonder, that is act, it's a wonderful concentration practice. Uh, visualization practices, um, the, the elements practice, elements of the body, bringing attention to the elements of the body. Um, and then there's actually hundreds more um, spanning across the different traditions in, in Buddhism. So this is just one. If it didn't quite land for you or if you're not so sure if the breath is where you connect, um, that that's okay, actually. But, uh, yeah, let's open it up. I'd like to hear how that was and, and see if there's any questions. Um, and we'll just spend the rest of our time in this way. So, do you mind? Great. 
Hi. Hi. Um, this is something that has been bothering me. Thank you. This is um, what I'm practicing. Is that I? It's like I'm t- I'm talking myself through my whole meditation as uh-huh. if I were t- talking to somebody else. Uh huh. And um, you know, feel your feel the muscle in your eyebrow. Uh huh. Feel the muscle in your cheek, and and it's it feels so kind of intellectual. Yeah. That I don't I don't know I don't know how to think about it. Yeah. Can you help? Sure. Uh, well, I'll, I can give you some some things to try out. Um, you know, we just I just did the noting practice, or, or kind of put that in a little bit of actually noting what it is that's being experienced, and that can actually be really helpful for certain minds. For some people, it's just extra, and it's more distracting than helpful. Um, so, if that was true for you, that's that is true for a number of people, and for some, it just helps collect the mind and keep it more steady. Um, and so, in a way, it kind of sounds like that's what you're doing. But maybe there's a little more. Um, maybe there's more words than are necessary. And so, if you're wanting to simplify it, uh, you might just use the word. You might just say uh, eyebrows. You know, if that's where you're wanting to notice, or um, breath in out and just simplify it and see if that simplification brings in more quiet in the mind and in the body. I think that if it's becoming distracting, then then it'd be something to try not doing completely. But it sounds to me kind of like it's helping you stay. Is that true? It does Sometimes I can get so into it that I can... I mean, we never really, if you think about it, like how often do you feel like every muscle in your foot as it's going over your arch and uh-huh. around, your, around your heel? And sometimes I'll just get like really, really into it, but, there's, but I'm still like talking to myself uh-huh. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of play with it. Um, see if you can whisper it a little bit quieter <laughs> as you're doing it. I, I don't think it's a problem. The only problem might be just your relationship with it. You know, if you're feeling like it shouldn't be this way or that you're, you're or if you're doubting whether this is, this is the right way to do it. Um, the way you're describing it to me actually sounds like it's helpful. So I, I don't discourage you from doing it and you can just play around with how many words you're using and, and even bring it to a more quiet, whispery tone and see if that does anything. But, um, yeah, if you're able to focus on all the little muscles in the bottom of your foot, I'd say, that's great. (laughs) That sounds very unified and concentrated. It's really fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Hello. Um, so I have a question. Yeah. Um, sometimes, well, I think every time, all the time, there's many different sensations associated with even just the breath. Like, for example, you could have just that that sensation of it's almost like a pressure if you're focusing like on this kind of nostril, mm-hmm. um, upper lip area. You could have like a pressure, but you could also have like the temperature. And so I'm wondering if we're intending to like experience or investigate um, like one pointedness. Is it 
a hindrance to kind of bounce around between these different sensations, like uh, the temperature versus just that mm-hmm. that pressure? Or it's only a hindrance if it's really if you start thinking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if it starts distracting you and you start doubting whether this is what I should be doing or not, then it becomes a hindrance. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to focus on one and then the other, and you are you're getting to know the collected mind and you're getting to play around with it. Can I go back and forth between both? What is it like just to focus in on that sensation of pressure or just the sensation of temperature? What is it like to hold both at the same time? Um, So you get to actually play with it. There's no right or wrong and just see what happens. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Um, I was really um, focused on the breath and experiencing the the cold air coming around my nose, the tip of my nose, and, uh-huh. and coming in. But um, and at the same time, I was holding my hands with my fingertips like this uh-huh. uh, on my on my uh, legs. Yeah. And um, at the very point of my fingertips. Uh, I was much more aware of my heartbeat in my fingertips. Uh-huh. And, and then I sort of followed it, and I could feel um, not only in my fingertips, but my heart and, and more of a, a really great sensation throughout uh-huh. my body. Um, and so... And one, one other thing about the breath, I, I seem to... Uh, to kind of control it at times, like it's hard to just let it go by itself. Yeah. And sometimes I uh, stop it or not try to stop it, but it seems like it. And so I'm, I'm wondering if that's common or. Yeah. Um, How many of you noticed that? Just that there's, yeah, <laughs> it's common. <laughs> yeah, it's very common. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's part of the, um, some of that when we're practicing the concentration practice and we're really, um, especially the, the one-pointed practice, and we're zooming in on that sensation in the breath, we can easily tighten. And I think that's part of it when it's happening in that context. Um, as we start to tighten around the breath because we're so focused in and start to lean forward into the sensation. And that's why um, moving away from that uh, feeling like you've got to absorb yourself in, but rather allow it to come to you and absorb into you so you can relax and just sit back and allow experience to happen. It's, it's, a, it's a funny thing how we get in the way of experience as if <laughs> we are really doing anything, as if we're really controlling anything. We breathe on our own without having to think about it. And... Um, sounds arise without us having to do anything. You know, if I said, don't listen to my voice right now, that would be really hard. (laughs) You're probably not able to do it. Sounds are just arising. And so it's when we we start to try and control and and, um, make it happen, uh, that the tightening happens and 
um, we're not really being with just the flow of experience. Yeah. But I love this, that you discovered the, the heartbeat and that that had that experience in the body and um, that's wonderful. And so it's actually a great example of uh, when it's not the breath that ends up grabbing our attention and we suddenly are concentrated with that sensation. So it's not, you know, there's nothing necessarily magical about the breath. It could be anything. It's great. Anything else? Oh, is it on? I hear it. Sometimes when I when I try to do concentration practice, I get caught up. I get to a place where I start to ask myself, like, where is this concentration coming from? Like, what is the source of this? Yeah. What do you think? You have what do I think? Yeah. <laughs> Did you figure it out? Well, I've, I've tried to go go there, but um, yeah. I haven't come back with a definite answer yet. Yeah. <laughs> It's a mystery. It's part of the mystery of all of this. You know, it's one of those things that um, it's kind of fun to feel that mystery and don't worry so much about figuring it out. (laughs) But actually being in tuned with it, of, you know, perhaps being suddenly connected with the idea or the, the sensation or the experience of, oh, there's no me here doing this. I don't know if that was part of your experience of where is this coming from? Am I doing this? It's when we, I think, get out of the way (laughs) that uh, uh, also allows for that level of concentration to arise. It's the, the, the selfing when it comes in and we start worrying about, you know, am I doing it right? Should I be paying attention to this or that? Um, How's this looking right now? <laughs> is my face all crunched up or is my head all the way back or, you know, whatever it is that's coming up and the self arises, the sense of self, and suddenly it's gone, isn't it? So we kind of get out of the way and so I don't know where the concentration is coming from. It's all, it's all part an aspect of mind. But what's mind? You can't really point to it. You know, is it the brain? Is it the heart? You know, I don't know. It's the wonderful part of this practice is really getting in touch with the mystery of it all. So, yeah, you can just settle in that. (laughs) Okay, maybe just one more in the back here. (laughs) You're doing great. (laughs) As always. Well, um, I really, really enjoyed the um, the meditation we did, focusing on the breath here, and I felt it was very soothing, very peaceful, and it just got me in touch with the deep longing that I have in my life to be still more often. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I just noticed that it's it's just so so challenging for me to do it on my own, yeah. and um, 
I don't know why. I try to do it at home and I'm just thinking of things I have to do and I'm kind of restless and I, I'd really like to be able to achieve this feeling um, when I do it on my own, but I just have a real challenge with it. Yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> it's actually, it's one of the wonderful things about having a place to sit in community to practice, um, to, to actually be doing the practice with others, to be doing it with some guidance. Yes. And it is a challenge. And, you know, if you think about it, our minds have been operating in a certain way for a really long time. And it's probably in a way that doesn't include a lot of mindfulness and concentration. And then we come to this practice and we start to train the mind in a different way. And it takes a while. It takes a lot of practice. And I'll tell you, um, some of you have been doing this for much longer than me. And I've been doing it for 10 years. And my mind goes all over the place sometimes. It still does. And so it becomes more about my relationship with it. So right now, concentration isn't happening, and I can't make it happen. Uh, so what do I do with that? <laughs> what do I do when there just isn't enough inner stillness? What's my relationship with it? Can I relax around that? Can I have ease and acceptance with my busy, busy mind? Um, that becomes the practice. And then you'll have those moments where it is collected and concentrated and you're really present. You're really here. And you can just soak that up and bask in it and learn from it. Allow it to be a reference point. Allow it to inform your, your ability, yourself, just that you are capable of those moments of concentration and of peace and tranquility, that that's something that you can do or it's something that's... Uh, that you're capable of. So, uh, I don't know if that's helpful, but, um, yeah, keep coming, keep practicing. It's a practice. That's why it's a practice, you know. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So we'll end there. So thanks, everyone, for just participating and exploring, investigating just for being here. So we'll take a moment to dedicate the merit. Dedicating the merit is a time to acknowledge our, the practice that we've been cultivating here together, the practice of mindfulness, of concentration, the practice of, uh, of sila, of wise action and speech, And so we can come here because we're wanting the benefits of this practice for ourselves, And that's a wonderful thing. And right now we can take a moment to acknowledge that this practice really isn't about just us. That we practice for the benefit of others as well. We practice for the benefit of the people we encounter, our friends, our family, our co-workers, the people we sit with on the bus or in the coffee shop or in line at the grocery store, the people that we've had phone conversations with today. 
We do it for the people that are really suffering and struggling. And we do it for the people who are thriving and doing well in this world. So in that spirit, we can dedicate the merit, the goodness of our practice to all beings everywhere. May all beings everywhere be happy and content in their lives. May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be healthy in their minds and in their body. May all beings have a sense of ease on this journey of life. Thank you.